everyone welcome back to a new year of more bolt action here at trident wargaming of course i'm your host andy and with me is my battle buddy jason how's it going jason hi i'm alive <laughs> welcome back it's been a little bit yeah yeah so so if you guys if you guys haven't uh, ever uh, you know joined in on any of our podcasts um, we do uh, quite a few different games, uh, bolt action being one of them, of course, anything related with bolt action. Usually, uh, we do some 40 K, we did some heresy and we also have some AOS going on and there'll be a couple other systems that you'll see like Necromunda and stuff come up. So, um, you know, if you're interested in that, check out our other, uh, podcasts as well. Uh, but today is mainly bolt action. So... Um, this is kind of one of our favorites. Um, I know Jason, uh, is still in love with the game. So am I. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's great, great to be back and, and doing more podcasts for you guys. Uh, just to start it off, uh, big thanks to our Patreon support, uh, going to Frederick, Dustin, Chris, Tyler, and yay. Thanks very much. Helps us out a little bit. You know, put that coin away, save it up for a new camera or something, some coffee for the boys, you know, some new dice for Andy to roll because he sucks at rolling dice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so thanks thanks for the support, guys. Um, you know, also, uh, if you want, check our sites, uh, our socials, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. And thanks to our sponsor, Battle Bling, again. Uh, check them out. They have a whole bunch of 3D prints and whatnot for some of your games that you might be involved in, um, 40K, 30K, and I believe Titanicus, and they might have some other special stuff too. Check them out. Pretty cool. But moving forward, uh, today we're going to be talking about some bolt action. Now, if you, a little while ago, uh, came across a podcast, and there was... Uh, some info dropped. It's kind of in the rumor mill. So, um, you know, take, take this episode with a grain of salt. But uh, there is stuff that's going to be moving here in 2024. So I'm excited. Uh, the rumor mill is hot and heavy. And uh, essentially, it's the big one is new edition for bolt action, right? Third edition. So, uh, there was some hype going on about it. I'm super excited about it. Um, I've kind of told a few of the guys, you know, Hey, new additions coming. Hopefully everybody's going to be pumped to get back in the game when that drops and whatnot. Um, so a couple of things I heard, I'll share with you guys here and whatnot, and we're going to talk back and forth and maybe some ideas of things that, you know, I've read about and, uh, Essentially some changes that'd be cool to see. So, but of course, first, we always love to talk about the hobby. So, um, what have you been up to, Jason? Annie, you're not going to believe it, but I actually got back into painting some Civil War epic scale. What? When did yeah. this, when did this happen? This <laughs> This week, so it's not a lot. I didn't get a lot done, but I dusted them off. Literally had to half of the first session that I spent 
working on them was dusting them off. Okay. And then <laughs> nice. Very cool. Got back into it. I started with my kids. We have creativity hour. Oh. Because my youngest doesn't really do models, but he wants to paint or or color or whatever. Right. His older brother and I, so we do creativity hour and we've been doing that after schools. And yeah, oh, so awesome. I got into the epic, dusted them off and uh, got some paint going on them. You're forcing my hand now, aren't you? Yes. I'm going to, uh... <laughs> you know, what it really, really, really is one of my buddies showed me his epic uh, pike and shot force that he had just painted. Oh, okay. Very nice. And I've been looking at that, but I said to myself that I will not buy a single other epic model until I paint this humongous confederate and union force that i have assembled <laughs> i think i could convince jason easily yeah. to start buying stuff <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> probably yeah um, that's the easy part yeah no kidding okay you see all that behind me if you're watching on youtube that's the easy part <laughs> yeah <laughs> the wall of shame uh yeah it's back so Go browsing. Offer me a price. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's great. That's great to hear. Uh, that's awesome. That's that's a really good way of doing things too, uh, especially like if you have you know younger kids uh, or kids who are involved in the game and whatnot or wanting to get involved and just in the hobby aspect of it because mm -hmm. I think that's what really attracts attracts the kids to the game as well. Um, I know Bill does it with his kids, so uh, it's pretty cool. I know they were building, like, Necromunda terrain and stuff, and he'd let the kids kind of slam them together, and then he would make fine attunements and, and actually build, you know, the wall sections and stuff like that, right? So, Sweet. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome to hear. That's pretty cool. Get some, uh, gets them away from all the tablets and all that junk. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So... Oh, that's awesome. That's good to hear. Very good. Very good. Yeah, myself, it's uh, been kind of all over the place, actually. What? Uh, yeah, as as usual. As as I'm surprised, Andy, and shocked. As as per <laughs> as per usual, everywhere. Um, so I've been working on some Betab Wars Mantis Warrior Space Marines for the new uh, codex that came out. We're doing a, a little kind of event for that. So some cool uh, different chapters than your regular suspects. Um, what else? I got some AOS demons on the go. And then uh, kind of putzed around with some of the bolt action miniatures. Uh, pulled out. I actually pulled out my Soviets the other day to play. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love my Soviets. So. I think they might be my favorite army to play. Yeah. You know, it's, they really are a kick-ass army, actually. <laughs> and it's it's awfully hard not to get pulled into the you know, singing of 
patriotic songs and or at least humming the tune you know and uh getting into the uh cartoonish voices and <laughs> for some reason i have a lot of fun with the soviets oh yeah for sure i know i uh i yelled a couple huzzas that night nice um, so i got uh, yeah i got to play max at the at the local shop i haven't played him since i oh, uh, showed him the game essentially um so yeah that was fun it was good good tight a uh, little bit of a meat grinder kind of game that we had um, but yeah, I definitely pulled them out and realized that they need some work. Um, mm. Some of my guys, some of my miniatures are in a little bit rough conditions, so uh, they'll be put on the docket for, for next year um, to start fixing them up. I have a whole bunch of bundles that I essentially store in these little plastic containers and they just slide, you know, in my hobby zone. Um, but just from using them from being my first army and then on top of that uh using them for demo events at the big cons that i used to do a few years back um you know they kind of got banged up and then i moved on to the germans and uh, that kind of happened too so but that's another story <laughs> so so yeah all that plus a couple other games um tried a new game the other day and then uh um, ended up just, uh, rolling some dice with some other games that I play as well. So nice. that's kind of where my hobby stuff has been going. Um, miniatures everywhere, of course. So bits and pieces here and there, you know, turns into a, a war zone eventually, but, um, yeah. So ju just a thought, Andy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause we're always seeking to improve, uh, you know, quality. Yeah. You need to put a little electric guitar riff every time you say hobby zone. <laughs> hobby zone. Hobby zone. <laughs> That's going to be our new thing now. <laughs> you you got to. <laughs> oh, I'll put on the blonde wig so I look like Garth. There um, you go. <laughs> Jesus. That'd uh, be funny. The hobby zone. I'm gonna have to write that down um, with a little guitar on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, getting to our main topic, uh, the rumor mill, bolt action, possible third edition um, this year, actually. So. Some of the stuff that I had heard uh, earlier or late, I guess, last year uh, was that there was going to be another edition coming out 2024. Now, not only that, uh, there's also rumors of a new K47 and um, a couple other games, I believe, or uh, not so much games, but more of... Um, more to the existing epic style games, like epic ancients kind of thing, right? Um, and also another game kind of like combined arms is, is what I was hearing. So pretty cool to hear that kind of stuff. Uh, usually they're pretty tight-lipped, um, but having that kind of surfaced and, and hearing a little bit of chatter on about it uh, makes it pretty cool. 
from what I understand is like there'll there will be obviously um, they'll be doing new pretty much army books. They'll they're kind of gonna have to I think with these with the new edition. But keep the I I, I did I, they were gonna keep the uh, the campaign, campaign books. Yeah, which makes sense. There's no sense going over a campaign. And really, the the differences, the units that they add are there's not that many. Yeah, in there, there are tweaks to equipment. I think you'll find um, with that uh, erratus for the campaign books will just to update rulings to the current rule set, and then on top of that, you'll probably get a f uh, a fair bit of erratus on the the older books, I guess. Right, because usually they usually games companies they'll kind of start tying in their later books into a new edition kind of thing, right? So yeah, um, so like you know, Germany strikes probably to get a fair bit of erratas just to revamp it, uh, that kind of thing, right? So so as for rule books and stuff like that, that's kind of what I've heard. Um, there'll be like a new starter set for sure. If there's a new edition as to what that would be, no idea at the moment, um, but we'll keep our ears open and, and, you know, our eyes peeled, send out the uh, recon forces to find out what we can find out for you guys. So, but the one thing, um, so before I go a little further on, on bolt action, uh, K47, which we all know was now um, Warlord Games is now I believe has the full rights to the game now. Uh, they did mention that it was going to be darker and grittier of a game, so I think they're going to like 1.5 version of it. And there'll be like more walkers and more plastic kits and stuff for the game. So that's cool to hear. Um, I did try the game out previous and i kind of went through the main rule book it has some pretty neat features that regular bolt action didn't um and it's great because i know there's a few guys here locally that love k47 and that's the game mm -hmm. they would love to play so bonus yeah right? well the cool thing about it is if you have a bolt action army with very little investment you have a k47 army Exactly, because you know, their their basic troops are pretty much those guys. Yeah, you know, and then you throw in the you know pulse guns and whatever else, zombies and yeah, the Tesla cannons, all that jazz and whatnot. Yeah, but you have the bones for sure already, hundred percent. So that's pretty cool. Uh, they also said something about a uh, new board game, I believe, um, very close to Combine Arms, but I think it's more. There'll be more in, info in it for campaigns and stuff like that. But the other thing that was interesting to hear too is, um, and they've already been doing this. You guys might have noticed they're actually starting to replace a lot of their resin with mm -hmm. plastics especially with the tank range. Uh, so expect that to be happening. But 
overall, you know, a new addition, you know, what does that mean for us as players? Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a cost to a new addition, right? Um, which is always going to be the case. But, you know, what else does that mean? Is there, there's going to be different point costs, updates to units, you know, uh, changes that probably need to be changed. I know one of the forums that I was reading and whatnot, and the first, first thing, it's always the first thing, and I know we've talked the shit out about this before too, and I guarantee you Jason can probably guess what I'm going to say right now. And it's the MMGs. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. Thousand percent machine guns. So, um, you know, that's just that's just an example of things, and and guys want to see more, more work with them that they cause pins and and whatnot, right? But I have a feeling that they're going to keep a lot of the stuff that's already there, and I think they may redesign. Uh, some of the rules, maybe the nation rules in these books. You know, they might tackle that again and, and change Well, they things. have, to be fair, they have had a lot of rewrites and changes with some of the nation rules. Mm -hmm. Not to point fingers, Germany, but some of your nation rules are overly and unnecessarily complex to almost no adding no enjoyment in the game yeah <laughs> no for sure yeah and and not really much of a tactical advantage and just so i i would welcome that change for sure and for sure for me yeah, there'll be an investment in the rule book, and maybe you'll change some of your armies. Most people have more than they need anyway. Yeah. So it will just be a reshuffling. Uh, certainly, you don't need to go buy... I'm sure you won't need to go buy a whole bunch of new crap, you know, and toys. But you might want to. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it will be that big of a change. I think, honestly, it'll be... The errata will be, uh, you know, for the most part adopted, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, put forward properly. Right? They'll just do it right the first time in the third try, and uh, and I think it'll be some tweaking, like you're saying, because honestly, the core game is pretty stable. It plays like it should. Every time we don't have right, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like uh, you know people are getting steamrolled or the same people win every time. Or so it seems fairly balanced. Certainly, there's exploits and there's the meta you can get into, but and, and some guys you might find an edge here or there, but even it's fairly easy to combat some of those you know to combat the meta so i i don't see a big need 
for a change other than eliminating the necessity of so much errata, hopefully clarifying and and focusing on the language in some of the rules. Yeah, that came up a few times. Stuff because it, some of it's quite vague, It's which works perfect if you're having a game against a pal. Yeah. Or if you're in a good club or something. But, you know, if you're a more competitive player or if you're in a competitive setting, sometimes it's better to have that hard and fast lawyer lingo, <laughs> you know, brass tacks. You yeah. can get it exactly right. Uh, you know, so for me, I can take it either way. I, I kind of like when they leave it a little bit in the air and you can just rule, but I'll, I definitely see there's some, definitely uh, some opportunity for uh, some clarification and, yeah, and then on on that note, I, I do agree with you on that. Uh, they they do need to kind of consolidate some of the rules because like that, whatever triggers and and you know affects this one rule, is kind of spread out between the book in a few different places. Oh and, yeah, God, right. God. And yeah, we we all know that. Like we've seen it, we've encountered it. You know, it happens in tournaments and events. You know, I you got to look at three different places, and then you got to go check the FAQ to make sure that it, you know, something's not fixed or wrong or whatever the case may be. Um, that yeah. was that was one of the things that was brought up that people would love to see. Um, I mean, it's like a choose your own adventure sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you read a paragraph, and then it says turn to page sixty three. Yeah. And then you go to page sixty three, and you're like, okay, go back to page fourteen. Well, it's, it's like, holy goodness. It's like the index that I have printed out. It'll say such and such rule, page 13, 24, and 33. And it's like, yeah, why? Just put it all in one one section, right? Yeah. Um, so stuff like that. Uh, I would love, I would love to see them now, and maybe not all of them, but I love to see them redesign the missions, the 12 missions in the book. Uh, spice it up a little bit more, right? Um, or even, uh, like I agree, like 12 missions, it's a great number, sure, 12 missions, maybe like a mission generator. Yeah, there's that too, and you can do that. There's a lot of games that actually do that already. Yeah, um, yeah. like uh, the, the technology is, is there, man. Like, just to add some It would some be. Spice. It would be cool if uh, you can play if they had like these core missions that you can play, okay. And so, like, like they have already, but they can also have another set of missions where they maybe use a card drawing system that this is your objective, right? Like, yeah, this is for this match, this is how you have to get objectives. You know, this is how your opponent would have to get, like, th this is your missions. These are your missions, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it'd be cool to see. I don't know if they'd go that route or not. It's a cool idea. And if, you know, they don't do it, I'll come up with something maybe for an event because that'd be awesome. So yeah. there's, see, more good ideas. There you Ho go. Hobby zone and everything. <laughs> Hobby uh, zone. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you guys are gonna just love hearing that all the time. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, like I said, consolidating rules, streamline some rules, like Jason had mentioned as well. Um, essentially, I would like to see some other stuff with pinning. Uh, not so much you get like wiped out completely, but maybe you're running to the end of the board and you get chances to recoup. Um, instead I've, of, you know, uh, I kind of like to see that, but at the same time, I, I'm gonna de- I'm gonna be devil's advocate on that one. I actually like, even when it happens to me, I don't have to worry about those clowns. Mm. The route, you know, because what it becomes is unnecessary management for a unit that probably won't do anything because mm-hmm. by the time they get that many pins that uh that they're fang- starting to fail the morale check usually they're already their effectiveness is so worn down that so i don't you know so you kind of leave it the way it is is what you're thinking yeah i i actually that's one of the things i like is that it's uh, that's one of the ways they streamlined. Same as combat, people love it or hate it, but it's fast and it's done. And I move on. I don't yeah. have to count my casualties, and and I have a useless unit hanging around. Either one or I didn't, and usually it's brutally bloody, and both sides end up losing, kind of in a way, and uh, it. It just happens, and that's it. Yeah, that's what uh, people have mentioned that too um, about combat, and a lot of times they're talking about it. It's starting to turn into one of the other systems uh, that I've, you know, I've played a, a gazillion games of, and it's like, well, no, this is this is not that game, so let's not go that route, right? You don't you don't really need to prolong because ongoing combats like that definitely would prolong prolong your game even more than what it is currently and and let's be honest like it gets it gets dull when you have units that get clogged up in a in a battle and like and they're stuck in the combat they don't Mm -hmm. do anything else for the whole rest of the game usually or for a couple turns at least half the game right each turn is one sixth of the standard game so if you're stuck there for multiple rounds, I mean, it doesn't take long before the game's over. And that True. unit, you did a lot of rolling and you accomplished not a whole lot if they go some other, you know. So I like it's in, you get it done, bada bing, bada boom, for good or ill. And I've had it go against me lots of times. <laughs> but I also like that. It makes it risky. Like I really, do I go for the assault? Do I not go for the, like, and yeah, you could abstract it out. You can play the whole thing out, uh, I should say, uh, if you, if that's the route they want to go, I guess. But I like the abstract. It's done. You could imagine that each dice roll represents a turn if you want to. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. But it's done. And you you get to play the rest of the game. And you're not keeping your, uh, you know, you don't need your abacus, you know, to the side to keep track of twenty different things. You just, <laughs> no you know doubt. what I mean? No doubt. And 
for us chatty Cathy's that like to play the game. Holy gosh, I need the game to be streamlined. Well, and that's that is one thing that I would I would like to see uh, a little bit more is um, the increase in in gameplay for the game itself. Um, even just a regular game, you know, could there be things that they change to speed processes up? Uh, quite possibly, as to exactly what, you know, uh, not hundred percent sure. A lot of stuff is pretty simplified. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think, yeah, I think that's one of its strengths is that it is really quite streamlined. I don't. I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't see where they would necessarily what they would take out. Essentially, they would. You know, if you're looking at, it, they would have to do something with how fast units can get knocked out. You know what I? You know what they can do? You know what they can do? Here you go. I have a change that will streamline it. The last remnants of of a uh, math hammer uh -oh. is templates oh okay okay he's off with the templates because That's we all funny. know those guys that have their artillery piece and they have you know i mean they're like they're pretty much three and a half miles away from each other yeah you know they space them out exactly in a straight line so that they're technically in cohesion of the gun but really you know unless you're firing a 15 inch template which doesn't exist uh, you're not going to get them and what you are you know, saying jason i'm saying you're a cheater you're a damn dirty cheater <laughs> i don't do that at all i just put them on a base <laughs> and boom there you go well the, yeah well and i'm i i like making them look like they're firing the gun but i'm very generous with how many casualties you inflict on my units thank you very much <laughs> yeah. that's probably why i lose so many games but uh but i just but i would love a simplification and just you know give me a dice or a number of dice to roll and that's how many hits it gets mm -hmm. bada ba bada boo if you go down you half it Ba -ba -ba. <laughs> that easy the you know i roll a die that's my hits yeah great and there's and there's people that disagree with that well not disagree with the point of making it faster but they would rather see you know it, uh more to it so if your artillery yeah. or your or your or your mortars miss they actually want to see it scatter yeah right well, here's Which, here's the th Sorry, sorry no, to cut you no, off. No, it's all good. Go ahead, Jason. But here, here's what I say to those people. There are other games. There are other games that are more in-depth. That's their bread and butter. Mm -hmm. And they're great. I, I, I play or have, I don't can't say I have force. I have the books and I technically have armies for them, I guess. But played a couple times. But like Chain of Command. It right. is much more nitty-gritty. Uh, but still fairly streamlined, but has a lot more of that nuance that you might be looking for, and that's great. Hmm. You know, there's and there's other games out there that if they really want to have charts and reference this and that, that's great. Do you want to make it as realistic as you can? 
have at it, but I, I, I just see that as like, uh, you know, uh, like trying to turn, you know, uh, like playing ping pong in your basement, like it's Wimbledon. Gotcha. It's a, it's a different game in a differently. It doesn't, you know. Yeah. There's, that's the thing with, with wargaming and, and with bolt action in general as well is, and here locally, um, and in the surrounding area, we don't really have too many actual tournaments, uh, taking place. Um, I think honestly here with Trident, we've probably ran the most events in the last few years. Uh, just, you know, Western Canada, from what I know, uh, there might be some in, in BC or Victoria or whatever, uh, Calgary, there's a couple here and there, but we don't actually have any like large, you know, um, competitive events or anything like that happening. So we don't really see too much of that. Most of the guys are pretty down to earth playing here and, 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 you know, just having fun rolling dice. Uh, but there, there are a couple games that, you know, they, uh, definitely have a little bit more tactical, um, uh, communication between the players. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, um, tactical plays, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's. I I like it when a game plays good and plays at a decent pace. You know where, Jason, you're moving your units, you're doing your thing. You know you're. You're, you're telling me what you're doing and you're figuring out your numbers and I'm involved, right? Yeah. It's not just, okay, go ahead, do your thing. I'll, I'm going to hit the washroom, grab a pop and talk to whoever's in the section here. I'll be back, right? I like it yeah. when there's that yeah. inter interaction between the two players almost at every point in time of the game. Um that's the one thing with bolt action is, is you do get that. So I hope they keep that kind of thing going in a new edition, which I'm sure they will. Like you said, they probably won't change a heck of a lot in the main rule set, but there's definitely stuff to, to improve on for sure. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, and really they'd be silly to like, it's their most successful game by far. Yeah. And has been consistently since they dropped it, the first edition. Yeah. So it seems silly to, you know, change the wheel when it really, it works. It's a great game. It plays consistently. There is meta, but it's not crazy. It's, it's fairly easy to get around it. So yeah, a guy might bring a, you know, a shit kicker list to intimidate people or something. But you could really, most of those you can counter quite easily. Yeah. Right? So it's just, you happen to, cat. what usually happens is you have a list that's designed specifically to counter a specific list and randomly you fight that guy <laughs> on that day and you you hurt his feelings and then you're good. 
So, so that's uh... but there's, there's not much to change, I don't think. But certainly, tweaks, I'm all for. MMGs, absolutely. Some of the the uh, oh, geez, templates get ditch them. Jeez, Louise. Someone had mentioned. Um... Also, I'm a I'm an old fat guy. I have to lean over a table, trying to get a like. Oh, how many guys are covered? Is it three or two? Like I don't fucking care. It's like that's what PS ninety nine percent. I say you tell me, and I'm good with whatever number you give me because I don't want to lean over the table, break half the scenery, just to get that stupid See, number. Get rid of the template, and I'll break the scenery because it's my scenery. <laughs> to make sure that I could get my monocle down enough, my my you know diamond cutting spectacle. <laughs> You are you are caught an inch away, yeah. Um, no. no, just kidding. Yeah, but no, no, yeah, I totally get it, totally get it. I mean, we we played on a ten foot by six foot board that one day, and like, I had a hard time looking over to see or move my units, kind of thing, right? Um, so I, I get that part too, you know, with uh, playing the game for what it is, and and. Uh, getting back to what you're talking about with like the gaming and like uh, you know, there's not guys who are super hardcore into the you know I got to win kind of the game kind of thing. Is I think it'd be neat if they did come out and maybe not right away, but maybe if they came out with an actual uh, competitive package right where they have missions that are more built for maybe a tournament scene right that way that they could have play on both kind of i guess kind of where players kind of stand now i know you know in in my my opinion with bolt action i love doing the events as thematic events right mm-hmm. Uh, having having an idea behind the event, uh, a theme, you know, uh, and I've had guys come up to me and ask me, "Hey, you know, here's my list. Do you think it's, do you think it's too strong, you know, or should I tone it down or whatever?" And a lot of times it's like, you know what, that's your decision, right? It's that you have to decide. If you're asking me right now. More than likely, right? Maybe you've already but figured in, out. But in my opinion, I can look at I can look at the army and be like, because I'm I'm one of those players that I'll play against anything. Yeah, I don't. I love asymmetrical know. games, honestly. So, uh, yeah. So, like, I would like to see something like that set up. Maybe have uh, a compendium that comes out for tournament play. Well, yeah. even uh, even forgetting that, I mean, you have twelve scenarios. Yeah, seems like what they've done in the first and the second edition. I mean, why not have instead of six battle scenarios and six standard scenarios, make the standard scenarios straight up, and they really are honestly they're. But maybe there is a way. I'm not that gamey of a person, so I wouldn't know as well uh how some other systems have done it yeah 
Or maybe there is a way to make it more competitive off that. But I'm all for I'm all for having the ability to play uh, more competitively. Or in in my mind, when you say competitive package, you mean less chance of an asymmetrical matchup, i.e. the terrain in the scenario is much more uh, determined. The scenario parameters themselves are much more deterministic and and equal. Yeah, that's what that's what ends up happening. With those kind of yeah. right, a, a balanced playing field, and then it becomes yeah. essentially becomes generalship of of the player, right? Uh, yeah. But I, but what I'm talking about too though is more of like the battlefield can be whatever the battlefield is, like the terrain setup and stuff. You can still have those themed tables, but I'm talking more of like. Maybe they have progressive progressive scoring turn to turn, right? You know. Oh yeah, w- yeah. One point, not like my mission I had for my event where it was, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I blew them out fifty three to three. Um, you know, one point per objective that you hold, kind of thing, but stuff like that where you need to hold objectives or, you know, it not and it not always like kill points. You know yeah. what I mean have things kind of circulate and and uh, have an equal chance for both players to be able to score these things and whatnot, um, but have more of that happen compared to like the one mission where you grab the middle objective and you have to transport it off your side of the board, right? I hate that scenario. You know, Jeez Louise. How many times have you gotten that scenario? You rolled it, and you're like, both players look at each other and say, "Reroll." Oh, 100 percent. Let's let's get rid of those scenarios because we all know there's three of them. Get at least get rid of those and put in new ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm all for different scoring systems, or or even have that as like uh, where we were saying a uh, generate your own scenario. Have have a couple of parameters. 100%. Or scoring scoring systems that you could use, describe what they are and how they're used and uh, how you can incorporate them. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Hundred percent. So yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of good ideas and uh, a lot of mentions by a lot of people online, of course, for things they like to see changed, and also some of the rumors of of stuff that's kind of out there. Um, so one thing I think is going to be happening and we've kind of already seen this on the go already. Uh, I would not be surprised next, uh, you know, later in the year, um, you're probably going to see, I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to see a new Japanese kit and possibly a new Soviet kit. Right, they those are still the two old, uh, you know, slotting the gun in the hands. Yeah, of of the um, the miniature, they've already started switching out a lot of the other main ranges. So I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if we see that happen. So, 
there's that. Well, they have so many Soviets, Andy. Yeah, and if they release right. new Soviets, I'm going to have to buy new Soviets. I'm not changing them. I'm not getting rid of my old ones, but I will just have to add more. Well, unlike the French, I uh, purged all those pewters uh, to get the uh, plastics. You know, if, if that happens, uh, probably hold on to my stuff anyways. Right, it's plastics. But uh, it's like the British. I have, I, st I still have some of the old British um, infantry as well. I have so many old Americans. So, so many. But I can see a lot of new. Some you know the new kits coming out like that. Like that's their new style. It's smart. Uh, the miniatures are are more refined. They're better. They're a bit more durable, and and the weapons are sturdy. So yeah. a little thicker, I, which is good. I have seen they've been going through with actually uh, pretty qu quickly uh, a lot of the support weapons. And it seems like they're kind of the teams uh, putting them in the boxes. Yeah. Uh, the HQ box and uh, support weapons box kind of making it for most armies now. Yeah. Yeah. That's and their new style. They're in the uh, Warlord resin with the dice. I actually like getting the dice uh, for each team in there. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten any of those as of late because I mainly have all that stuff from buying like the starting ar starting armies. Yeah, I haven't I haven't oh. bought any of the new ones yet. No. So. But be interesting to see what they do uh also with um now i didn't hear anything about this this is just speculation but it would be cool to see them do something with tank wars yeah. so uh the and you know oh sorry i was just gonna say that the the current book right now has just enough info and and rulings and whatnot to essentially just get you playing and getting experience and having some skills to use and then just duking it out right but there's really not much else you know you you lose your crew you get new crew you get experience you get to use these abilities you get to collect a, a nice range of tanks you know and and play in a league or play whatever you want to play but that's really about it you know uh, be nice to see something else in there as well a little bit more detail just kind of like what they did what they do with like you know blood red skies they they came out with the the main the main game then they came out with another two or three supplements or whatever it was you know, stuff like that, right? That'd be pretty cool, too. So, here's hoping. Just a speculation. Be nice to see something. But, That's right. But, yeah, other than that, like, as we, you know, hear more, we'll, we'll let you guys know as well. Um, hopefully, we'll get some more stuff confirmed of what's happening. I'm sure we'll, we'll find out soon enough because it'll probably be, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Adepticon, they'll probably be 
maybe a reveal then maybe LVO there might be a reveal my uh, guess my guess is warlord day yeah or warlord days i think it is i don't know the one they do in the uk they usually they'll have jo- they have all of the guys mm-hmm. big guys do a uh talks and that seems to be where they've revealed all their plans and whatnot big upcoming plans so that's my guess but what do i know (laughs) nice yeah yeah we'll have to wait and see um you know whatever you guys may have heard out there as well let us know type it in in the chat there and whatnot Love to hear hear that kind of stuff. Uh, keep our eyes open to see what comes down the pipe. Should be an exciting time. Uh, I know I'm hyped. I know me and Jason will be uh, doing a campaign of sorts uh, with a couple of other players and your son, of course. Yep. Um, so that'll be exciting. Still got to kind of pick factions and stuff, but uh, I'm sure we got them all. <laughs> yeah so that should be exciting uh we'll get more games in um there'll be more events of course throughout the year and whatnot uh definitely trying to do some different little events and then uh, also uh helping jason too um you know at the at the shop with anything that's going on there and and getting some good games and getting the getting the hype back in the bolt action um, and, up. and other games too so but yeah we uh will definitely have to arrange uh, a weekend hanging out and gaming as well jason yeah for sure it's, it's been a little bit so we'll have to pick something and play it out <laughs> i've been uh, i've been hankering for some more soviet action so yeah i've still got to do that any of the scenarios yeah. So, and that's the thing too is you're gonna, you guys are gonna get a lot more of our war stories and whatnot um, from games that we play, and and hopefully, uh, I'm not sure when, but I would like to try getting some some nice pictures done up. Um, also, we might try to do kind of a semi little battle report in the future. So, nice. yeah, just to share with you guys. Uh, I'm going to start ramping up again on some of the unboxings uh, for some of the new kits that come out. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, probably try to do some filming for, um, you know, little this is how I paint my French kind of thing. So it'll be busy. It'll be fun. Uh, hopefully it'll be some good excitement for, for bolt action and uh surrounding games as well and we also might expand a little bit on some other war games sweet yeah so and as we continue um we kind of changed our schedule up a little bit so we'll be essentially having two episodes a month and they kind of will be like double episodes so they'll be a little bit longer a little bit more content um so right after we're done here i'll be actually in another cast with uh another gentleman 
um, going over some of the historical games that uh, that Mike plays. So nice. mainly black powder and whatnot. So a little special for you guys. So yeah, that should be good. So I'll see you guys in the next half here. And Jason will be back on uh, down the road, of course, on some of the other episodes and whatnot. So thanks again, Jason. No worries. Thank you. And yeah. uh, hashtag drop the template. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't forget to uh, to send some of those pictures of those little guys you're painting too, Jason. I'd like to see that stuff. And uh, maybe get some of it posted up for for the crowd to see what you're working on too. So. I'll just make sure they're not high detailed photos. Yeah. <laughs> What's that blur? Oh, that's what you're working yeah. on. Blue yeah, and blue. Yep. So. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, thanks for joining in this session, and we'll catch you on the next round. See you. Hey guys, welcome to part two of this episode. Uh, Trident Wargaming, Andy here again with you. Uh, today I also have a good buddy, Mike. Welcome to the show Hello. for the first time. Thanks for having me. No problem. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, so today is a little different. Um, we're doing some other historical wargaming chatter, of course. Uh, Mike has definitely introduced me into uh, Napoleonics and Black Powder and a couple of other historical games as well. So, uh, you know, add more to the stack, of course. <laughs> so, but uh, if you guys, yeah, if you guys are interested in it and whatnot, you'll see a couple of uh, links in our um, descriptions and whatnot, leading you to some of the games that we're probably going to be talking about here and whatnot. Um, you know, mainly for Mortal games, but there are others out there too. So uh, definitely check that out. So, yeah, we're going to be essentially talking about uh, Black Powder and a couple other games, like I said. Yeah, so as always, how we kind of start off the the episodes and whatnot is we kind of go into like the hobby front, the hobby zone kind of thing. So... What have you been working on, Mike? Um, okay, well, so I'm not going to lie. Um, I kind of did all my projects for this year. So I keep a running total every year. Uh, so I'm painted. I'm a little over 300 models painted this year. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so I kind of scaled it back a bit. And uh, I've been working on uh, another game, um, but I'm not going to bring it up here. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it because um, I don't want to make any more addicts. Um, <laughs> so, but I've just been, yeah, I've just been kind of playing around with those a bit. But uh, I'm working towards buying uh, a Greek army, uh, like an ancient antiquity army for the new year. Nice. Um, and we use that for some Warhammer ancients as well as Hail Caesar. Um, so right now I'm just in the planning phases. You know, like what do I buy? You know what? What do I like to paint? That sort of thing. So nice because again, you know, it's another major project, right? So. No, that's a that's a good yeah. way of doing it. I kind of do the same thing. Is it, it's more of what appeals to me first compared to like what the army is is all about. 
hundred percent. So, no, that's cool. That's awesome. 300, 300 miniatures this year. Uh, yeah. So, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's something like that. Like, I want to say it's a bit more, uh, but then I don't want to get into like bragging, um, <laughs> but it was something like that. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, if I just have a quick look here. Yeah. hundred, one twenty. Yeah. So something like that, about 300 miniatures, you know, that's but it's, awesome. uh, yeah, across various systems, right? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. I know you got your bolt action army done, so I See, did. Yeah. So that. I mean, that was yeah for that tournament. That was you know I kind of had some of that British army done, um, <clears throat> and then when I saw like the scenario where it could bring reinforcements, I I was like, oh, I don't I don't have that many models. So what is that about two weeks out from the tournament there? I think so. I whipped over to our local store. Um, mm-hmm grabbed a box and uh bangles out in a couple weeks just in time for the tournament so nice yeah i mean they're, they're british right they're pretty easy to paint so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome awesome i probably just insulted somebody with like you know, two thousand <laughs> points of british unpainted sitting on their shelf or something <laughs> yeah oh that's funny yeah no uh myself i kind of i'm kind of everywhere like usual scatterbrained a little bit yeah. on it but uh lately it's it's uh, i've got some warhammer and 40k going um i do have the start of a british army on the the bench for not only yeah. uh, uh bolt action but i also have team yankee stuff up there too oh yeah nice so nice. so yeah so just a little bit of a mix of everything um cool. and then of course there's terrain for other systems that uh definitely is going to be on the docket so but yeah, as always, there's always something going on. So, uh, but to continue on with the episode, um, so yeah, black yeah. powder, uh, your, yes. your, your, I know you love the historicals a fair bit. I do. Right? I do. Yeah. So yeah. And, Board, borderline on addiction. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so for, for this segment, you know, uh, you introduced me to black powder plus Jason and we had a blast playing that game. Thank you. So, you know, that's awesome to see. Um, I'm glad that we were able to get you a little bit of table time too, showing off the the system at the event. So that's awesome. Um, I hope to do a bit of more of that in the future as well. Um, and then see if we can get stuff going on, uh, with other players in the community, but overall, I mean, you know, your, your background a little bit in gaming, you know, how long you've been playing sure. that kind of thing. Um, yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so I kicked off, uh, I don't know, it was over 30 years ago now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I picked up, uh, the devil's game, um, which is Warhammer 40,000, um, <laughs> back in second edition. Um, and I called the devil's game cause it always seems to sit on your shoulder right, and tell you like, oh, I mean, um and then so yeah that kind of you know but before then there was always like the raw part the miniatures and airfix you know models and there was always that historical kind of grab at me but there was nothing really in my community where i grew up um and then so as time went on you know miniature gaming just kind of became the thing to do um, for most of us that were moving away from RPGs and 
you know, getting into that seat. Um, and then I, I think kind of what really hit it for me was when I started playing Warhammer Fantasy. Um, so blocks of troops, you know, um, although not magic. Yeah, rank and file. Like, you know, so that grabbed me right away. <clears throat> and I've always been a kind of a fantasy, you know, nerd that way. Um, love that stuff. Um, but what's funny is after, you know, kind of looking at it, I settled for years, I settled on uh, the Empire Army. Uh, you know, very uh, German-esque um, Renaissance era, uh, 30 Years War, yep. um, that sort of thing. Um, you know, puffy shirts, cannons, muskets, pikes. Like, I just loved it. The checkered um, uniforms, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, huge mustaches, you know, giant mustaches with ridiculous, you know, shirts, puffy shirts. I loved it. I, I don't even know why. Um and, you know, so that kind of kicked off um, and I played that army for years. And then as, you know, time went on, I started looking um, and, you know, and, and, and I say the Internet became a little bit more available. Um, it was really sad that I have to say that, but it but it's just a fact. Yeah, because um, the, the Internet wasn't common when I was growing up, um, we always went to our stores and I continue that trend for years. Um, but as kind of time went on, I started looking at what different games, right. Um, and it, at, at this point, I just, I was moving away from anything that was kind of science fiction fantasy. Um, you know, there was always things that I'll, I'll, I'll always love, um, you know, whether it's because of childhood or, you know, just because I kept it on my shelf for a minute. Right. Um, but I, I started looking at other games. Um, so, you know, man, I just, I'm just trying to think here. So, like, I always love Napoleonics. I don't know what it is. Muskets, uh, you know, outrageously colorful uniforms. Um, you know, j just all of it, I kind of love. Um, the Sharp series on TV from BBC back in the 90s, that really kicked it off. Yep. Um, and, you know, and anyone that's seen those, you know, they, they know they're horribly cheesy. Um, and I think that's part of the joy of it. And then as you read the books, um, you know, then it becomes a little, it sinks in a little bit more. Um, so, you know, with all that being said, and I'm kind of ranting here, but I started looking at games like, um, uh, so there's a company called Iron Ivan Games. They made some skirmish them. Okay. Um, and so they did a, a World War II game. But from that, transmission me into kind of looking at bolt action uh, when it first came out. Um, I played uh, Flames of War for a bit, for a couple of years. Obviously, it was very popular, um, still is. Um, but then what really hooked me, I think, at the end was I picked up a rule set called Masal by some Mustafa games. Um, hmm. So if you if you've ever looked at his rule sets, they are <clears throat> the word uh, complicated isn't what I would use, but they are a little bit more detailed than your average game. Um, they're not laid out in the best order, so you kind of got to read the rules a couple times. But playing them is awesome. Um, but then when I bought Black Powder, so I can't remember when that was now. I want to say like two thousand. 
2013 or something. 2000 must have been. Right. Anyway, um, that's when I was hooked. And I said, this is it. Um, because the, the, the rule system was very friendly. Um, it was flexible. It said right in it, have fun. You know, you didn't have to include things you didn't want to. Um, they gave you a whole ton of rules that you could make your own units with. And then they started releasing not so much army books, but era-specific books. So books for, say, like the American Civil War or, you know, the Wars of Napoleon, but like, you know, in the East, Wars of Napoleon in the West. Um, and, boy, endless. Zulu Wars. Um, yep. French Indian Wars. And so with that flexibility, you know, because black powder covers 200-year time span of the horse and musket era. And so, you know, there, there's going to be a lot going on. And then everyone's going to have their love of something in that era. Like, so, you know, so for example, I'm not a fan of the tricorn hat, like the classic pirate kind of three-pointed hat. I don't like it. Right. Um, but I love me some Shakos, like some tall stovepipe Shakos that, you know, were common in the Napoleonic era. Um, you know, and I, and I think everybody, even though, you know, I don't know how many people, you know, are listening outside of Canada. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some, but for some weird reason, Canadians love American civil war. I don't know what it is. I, I, I really don't, I don't know if it's our hmm. close proximity to our cousins just on the other side of the border. Um, whether it's because some of us grew up you know, maybe with some American relatives. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, but I love it too. And I, you know, I, do, I don't even know why. Um, I've never seen an American Civil War battlefield. I'd like to go sometime. I mean, I've watched movies. I've read books. Um, I think it, I think it's, it's the whole war is fascinating. Um, you know, so of course I built an army for it. Um, so I, I think, you know, that's, kind of led us up to where I am now. Um, but, you know, Black Powder, like, um, you know, like, like you said, I, I do like it uh, quite a lot. I have three massive Napoleonic armies and an American Civil War army. Yeah. And if somebody were to just tell me to do a Zulu War army, um, I would do um, one for both of those, both the Anglos and the, and the Zulus. Um, I, I I pretty much do anything. For them. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, and <clears throat> what's beautiful is, and I will say this about black powder is that if you have played Warhammer fantasy in the past, um, and you've played both action, nothing in that rule set will come as a shock. Um, okay. and that's what I love. Um, you know, if you roll a 12 in the game, you're going to, they call it a blunder, um, but it's the same thing as food barring and bolt action. But, you know, you're moving your troops around um, like you would in Warhammer Fantasy. You know, you have to wheel, you have to move them in blocks. That's right. Um, right. And so it becomes very familiar. Um, you know, you're not rolling buckets of dice. Like I think, you know, 12 dice, I, I, you know, I put 12 dice on the table and I think it, you know, well, like we, you know, you play the demos, right. And you know, you see that, like, you that really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, like, you know, six dice, seven dice. Um, you know, so it's, it's quite, the, yeah. it's quite the epic 
uh, uh, visualization of a battle on the field that I've ever seen. Right. Like totally, uh, uh, totally. like, you know, we had, we had two players on each side playing, playing the game and with a mass amount of, of infantry blocks and everything and your command and artillery. And, and it just, it felt like, holy crap, like this is it. Like this is, this is what's yeah. happening, right? Your, your cavalry's charging yeah. on the flank, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. Like it, it felt decisive, right? Yeah. Like it, it almost felt like you were there. Yeah, and and it, yeah. it and it, it's fun. It was super fun. Like I, I still totally. remember. I still remember going to the front counter and grabbing some drinks for everybody. And uh, uh, you know, uh, Dave was saying, it "Sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun over there." I'm like, "Yeah, we're hooting and hollering and and stuff like yeah. that, right?" Yeah. So well, uh, and that and great. that's just it. Yeah. Right, and so I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's you know the whole point of gaming, right, is to have fun. You know, unless 100%. you have some weird yep. sadistic attitude where you want to torture yourself by painting hundreds of miniatures <laughs> and they get angry when you start losing, which is, seems like a horrible hobby. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so, but, you know, the joy, like, I think that I get, you know, from black powder is, you know, from, from purchase to painting to, you know, completed project. Right. Um, you know, I, I will say. You know, you, you can, you know, a lot of people have seen it and said, oh my gosh, like I need, I need 300 models to play this game. Yeah. In some cases like you do, and you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, but Hey, you know, if you do that one thing all year, you know, um, and you paint those models when you're done, you, you know, well, that's something to be proud of. And it looks absolutely fantastic. hundred percent. You know, and I've seen, I've seen some, you know, and, and I'm not insulting anyone, um, well, mostly because I saw this online, so I wouldn't even know the person anyway, <laughs> but um, I've seen some pretty poorly painted Napoleonic armies um, up close. Okay. But the pictures zoomed out, right, you know, when they're brought back, you know, like the two-foot rule, you know, arms length away from the model, um, but, you know, the, the guy had painted, like, I, I, I roughly counted it was something like 700 models Whew. and I was just mind blown. It looked awesome. Right. And so, you know, yeah, if you're going to go down and look for eyeballs on, you know, 300 models, you know, then maybe it's not that cool. Um, but you know, at a distance, it looks awesome. Right. And that's, um, it that's, doesn't really matter. Yeah. And that's just it. Right. That's it's the like initial, that, you know, exactly. Yeah. The initial view on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome though. That's, that's, that's cool. I mean, there's, it's, it's one of those passion projects too, right? Black powder. hundred so. percent. It is a passion. Yeah. That's just it, you know? And, and I will say, you know, just a, you know, sidebar here real quick is with, uh, you know, cause black powder has sister games, right? Which is house Hail Caesar and, um, Pike and shot. And, and I call them sister games, um, only because, the rules are so similar because um, they're, they're unlike bolt action. Bolt action takes a unique concept of its own. Um, That's right. Mostly for, for, because of the sake of technology um, it is what they're trying to encompass in bolt action. But, you know, when you're, when you're talking, you know, the basic shooting of like close troops, whether it's a bow or a musket, you can kind of cover that off the same works a little bit different when it's a machine gun or, you know, submachine guns or, 
you know, automatic, semi-automatic rifles. Um, but, you know, Hail Caesar, Pike and Shot, Black Powder, they all, their rules are all very similar. Like, if you, if you know one rule set, you could pick up the other book and kind of, you know, read the rules through real quick and figure it out, um, which is beautiful. If, if, you know, if anyone's interested and they say, okay, I, I like the concept of Black Powder, but really I want to play English Civil War, which is falls under the Pike and Shot era. Um, yeah, go buy that rule book um, because, you know, uh, I will, one thing I will say about Warlord is um, of their mainstay games that I, like, I own them all and I like them all, which um, I cannot say about any other company. And that, like, a company that produces more than one rule set right. um, or, or more than one, you know, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, whatever. But Warlord arguably I can say yes everything every mainstay game you know and I say mainstay because SPQR was oh boy anyway they have um, a lot they have a but, lot of smaller games yeah right right um you know and and again like I haven't dug into you know um blood red skies um although like I've read the rules I like it I, I the concept's cool um it's just kind of not my thing you know victory at sea looks super awesome but again it's just not my kind of cup of tea um you know I'm, i'll probably never play what's it called satorium dog or whatever oh <laughs> yeah know. the uh judge kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's not, not my yeah, cup of tea never, either <laughs> no i'll never touch that i've got but their mainstay games beautiful like they're all great right so no it's awesome and, and and so yeah arguably i would say you know if anyone's interested yeah you can pick up any of them you'd have a good time. Nice. So, so there you go there. That kind of gives you a little spiel on, on black powder for kind of what it is at the moment. Um, things with nice thing about black powder and, and these other games, and it's starting to happen more and more now is, uh, one of the, the topics and questions I was going to ask you is, you know, is there more than one way of playing these systems? Um, oh man. And I, I know the answer to this, but yeah. you know, you, you, you're, oh, you're more of the expert boy, on yeah. it. So, <laughs> sure. so yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, the, the games I've played, um, and the, the games I've played, um, the people I've introduced the games to, um, you know, obviously uh, I'll, I'll just talk specifically with black powder. Uh, so the, I guess the beautiful thing about black powder is there's no set scale. Um, so if you, if you want to play in 28 millimeter, that's fine. 54 millimeter, uh, 10, 15, six, it doesn't matter. Um, they explain it on the rule book that you can do that. I mean, even, you know, warlord, we know now makes a set, you know, Epic series, uh, yeah. which is supposed to encompass you know, more models on the board. Um, you know, so, and, and that's great. Um, I, I'm a 28 millimeter junkie. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> I like to be able to see my models when I paint them. Um, so, you know, um, but um, I will say this. If you, it, you know, the more people you have playing, the better. Right. So if, you know, and, you know, there's always going to be someone, you get a group together and maybe you got four guys in the group and someone says, um, you know, I want to play French. 
you know, when somebody says, I want to play British, well, that that's easy. I mean, those guys can, can you know, they can play games all day because those were two main adversaries in, you know, Napoleonic era. Yeah. I mean, true. well, in, in just about every era. <laughs> um, you know, and so, you know, but then maybe somebody else says, hey, like, you know, what can I play that kind of allies with the French, right? Um, and, you know, and this is one thing I've, I've told people is, you know, go go check your family history because um, you would be surprised, um, you know, where you've come from, um, you know, and, you know, your ancestral roots, um, yeah. if, if you have them tied to your, um, what your ancestors might have done during the Napoleonic Wars um, and who they were allied with. Right. And, you know, who turned sides when and, you know, because all those there's so many arms. Um, so when you get into a multiplayer group like that, maybe, you know, generally we play division size. So, you know, which is I say divisions are a rough term, but um, rough, loose military terminology. But, you know, we're looking you're looking at about 12 units on the table, um, you know, in each unit being about 24 models of infantry or or eight to 12 of cavalry. Um, you know, one or two cannons in a unit, you know, but, but roughly about 12 units. Okay. But if, you know, you got two players per, per side or maybe three players per side, well, now you're painting less stuff and maybe you're only getting together once a month or once every six weeks or whatever. Um, and everyone just dumps all their stuff on the table and you say, look, this is our side. We're British, you know, Portuguese allies against your, you know, your French, uh, Polish, Bavarians or whatever, um, you know, and it, it makes for a very interesting game. Um, or maybe it's just you and a buddy, and you know you're going to make these huge armies. Yeah, that's totally fine too. Um, you know, there are there is a point system um, with the game. Uh, you don't have to use points; you can just make a scenario. You can say this is our objective and throw whatever you've got down on the table. Um, you know, because again, the idea is that you're having fun, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, imagine both action where you didn't use points, you know, uh, just one game. And you said, I'm just going to bring a full platoon of infantry, you know, and you're going to get, you know, a machine gun and, you know, and a tank. You know what I mean? Like, you'd think more, you'd, you'd have to plan better, you know. Um, and and really, it's it, that's what it's about, right? It's just kind of experiencing different ways to play, you know, a game that would, potentially get stale i would imagine if you just every time you played you just said this is my british army and i'm going to stand here and this is your french and we're just going to shoot each other and it's going to be really boring but man will it look cool you know so <laughs> but you know it can only look cool for so long right um no doubt kind of like flock of seagulls hairdos right like you know those guys were cool in 1983 but you know after a while, it's not cool anymore. So. Um, yeah, so yeah, plenty, plenty of ways to play, right? Plenty of ways. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting you mentioned that because, like, I I ended up getting my you know division of of British and whatnot, and right. of course, of course, as I'm scrolling through the product and I find the Portuguese, and I'm just you know. Oh, yeah. the, the little schoolgirl scream of excitement, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that will be something yeah. in the future. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because you right? don't, I, you don't see it, you don't see that stuff too much in in war games. So 
when uh, right you know no. that's my no, background right so it's kind of like right cool and then you start researching things you start looking at things you start reading a lot more you know so that's and that's that's exactly why i said it right it's yeah. like you know you you hit that family line somehow you know um you know and that's just it like um you know i, I won't beat the point to death but i bet many guys who have built armies solely because of their own last name um or because you know they're they found out their great grandfather was, you know, Dutch resistance, you know, mm-hmm. oh, my grandfather's Dutch, you know, that's the army I'm playing. Yeah. That's cool, man. Like totally. Right. Um, you know, it works the same way for, you know, French Indian war, or, you know, um, you know, American civil war, like, you know, maybe your family are, you know, originally from the South, like, and you want to play Confederates. Like, that's cool. Like, uh, you know, like, not, not not that Confederates are cool, but like, you know, the, the concept of, you know, building an army that, you know, you enjoy is, yeah. is what's cool, right? And so, um, you know, and I mean, someone's got to be the bad guys. Like, that's <laughs> that's just it. Like, you know, someone's got to play Confederates. Someone's got to play Germans in bolt action, you know? Um, you know, it's just the way it goes. That's that's historical war game, and someone's always is. the bad guy. It is, you know. So and and and, and uh, a lot a lot of times I found it was funny because I found even with like American Civil War, um, just buying the miniatures and and whatnot. Anybody I knew that was like into the into the game. Every time I asked what army they were playing, it was always Union, 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 right? Right. And it was kind of like, right. okay, well, you know, we kind of want. I don't want to be playing like union on union all the time kind of things. So right. I'll go, the yeah. other, I'll go the other route and, and at least we have fun doing that. Kind exactly. Of thing, right? So yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But yeah, I can see, I can see that with the armies and there's, there's still a good selection of forces that you can uh, play around with and, and, you know, use. And of course, miniature wise, there's, uh, definitely a lot of companies oh. and warlords oh, warlords um stance on miniatures is essentially you know these are our games but you guys aren't bound by using our minis for our games games be a tournament or not kind of thing right or an event right. or whatever, 100%. which i love 100%. that i love that idea just love it um it makes for a much more healthier uh, community and gaming experience as well, uh, in my eyes. So, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so, le- so I guess yeah. leading into that, I mean, you know, you, you've been into it for a while, you know, what's, what's kind of like yeah. the resources where the, some of the, the places you would suggest for a, a new player to kind of get into, uh, if they need sure. some miniatures, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that this is, you know, I, I, I say this is, you know, um, you don't necessarily, like, if you're going to, you know, we're, we're talking specifically black powder, you know, get the rule book, have a look through it, and then say, you know, this is kind of the era I want to get into. Um, and just play what you like. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you like the, you know, American War of Independence, otherwise known as the Rebellion, for those view south of the border um <laughs> so you know play play them 
you know, play the Americans and their, you know, their continental militia, you know, or, or play the red coats, you know, um, you know, cr- you know, crushing them in so many battles until eventually they, they lose, um, you know, just play what you like. Um, I will say that there are endless resources. Uh, the, the internet obviously is, I mean, you could Google anything nowadays, but if you want to hold on to, um, you know, a book in your hand, yeah. then I would say Os- Osprey Publishing is by far the superior um, kind of go-to for, you know, um, anything, anything really, like everything from Greek hoplites to, you know, the Waffen SS to, I don't know, you know, French Napoleonic infantry tactics. Like I even own that book. It's so outrageous. <laughs> like, you know, that somebody would write something about that, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but Hey man, I bought it, you know? Like, so yeah, it's like, you these, know, there, there's going to be, yeah. It's like, if any of you guys are, are checking this out on YouTube, I'm just holding up some of their, their books. Um, exactly. They're really, they have some really good info and background and even pictures and, and artists you know, uh, work on what the, uh, uniforms and whatnot would look like too. So, Oh, the artwork is phenomenal and yeah. it, and it, it gets the point across. Um, see the, the problem with historicals, um, and you know, really the only problem I have found is that, um, no historian changes wording. Um, so when, you know, when I was younger and I, I would read the term Shaco or Shaco, you know, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Right. Um, I had no idea what that was. So as I read more, I found out, okay, it's their hat. Uh, they come in different shapes and sizes. Um, okay, now I understand. Um, but, you know, some of the terminology like facings or piping or, you know, all this other stuff. Well, like, you know, I, I, again, I didn't understand that when I was younger. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, but once you read like a single Osprey book, you know, it just, they just spell it out for you. Um, it, you know, it's literally historical wargaming for dummies, right? <laughs> and 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 that's the beauty of those books. Um, and they, like, I, again, they have everything available. They do. Now, what's nice is, and I'll just kind of segue into miniatures. Yeah. Is that, like you said, you know, the beauty of historicals. <clears throat> excuse me. Is that essentially when you paint, you know your, you know, Johnny Reb unit um, for, say, American Civil War, they're always Confederates. Like, no one's ever going to come out and, you know, provide you a codex update or, you know, do a meta watch on you or say all of a sudden, here's, here's you know, third edition Confederates. You know, it doesn't happen, right? Yeah. Um, so they're, they're Confederates forever. And so once they're painted, they're painted. Um, you know, they can be used for different rule sets. Um, maybe you want to tweak them a bit. Maybe you want to go back and add a different color other than gray. I don't know. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, no one's going to come trouncing on your army. Um, like, you know, some companies, um, we've seen in the past have done. Um, and so you can use your stuff for multiple systems. And with the miniatures themselves, um, you know, there's kind of three go-to companies that I use. So I use Victrix, um, Perry Miniatures, and Warlord. 
Um, so Warlord, not so much for Napoleonics, um, but I do like a lot of their command models. I will give them that. Right. Um, Victrix, Victrix, I love for their skirmishers. And anything that involves skirmishers, beautiful. Or their armies of antiquity, like their Greeks, Persians, those models are just like they're top notch. No, nobody can compete with their plastics. But Perry Miniatures um, is, I'm going to say, obsessed with the Black Powder area. I think on their website, they have somewhere in the range of about 2,000 items um, that are specific to Black Powder. A lot. And when I say items, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, you know, they got tons of plastic box sets, tons of, you know, they have, you know French, French command 1804. Like yeah. that's, you know, that's awfully specific, you know? Um, and, and there's going to be someone that loves it. Right. Um, me, not so much, uh, but there's someone out there. So, you know, Perry is kind of, you know, you want to get into black powder, you hit up Perry, um, and, and mix, mix in some warlord and then go grab yourself some Victrix stuff for some skirmishers. Um, you know, it's beautiful that way. But when it comes to where I will say, you know, and I'll just, you know, go off on a little side tangent here. I got, I got a buddy I know that's going to listen to this. And for 30 plus years, he's listened to my tangents. You know who you are, <laughs> Brian. Um, so anyway, he, uh, you know, so, but if, if you're going to get into Pike and Shot, and I'll just say this, Warlord is the only place I would go. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. They are. Um, and the reason is their box sets are bang on. They they give you exactly every box, every kind of pike and shot box set gives you exactly what you need for your units. The command models are perfect. Um, Perry does have some English Civil War stuff that can translate over kind of anywhere in that pike and shot era pretty easily. Well, 30 years war, English Civil War era pretty easily. Um, and I have used some of their stuff. But Warlord makes everything you need. They have Scots, they have um, Parliamentarians, they have Royalists, um, they have Swedish, they have Imperialists, like anything in the pipe and shot era, Warlord has it. And it was only recently um, that I found out that back in the day when Warhammer Ancients was around, yeah. um, they had a rule set called English Civil War. And it was a standalone game based on the English Civil War, but kind of Warhammer, Warhammer fantasy-esque. So, it, you know, you could picture like the Empire fighting the Empire is really what it would probably look like. Um, but the rules themselves were written by John Stallard. Oh, there um, you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And so, <laughs> and so it all made sense to me then. As soon as I found that out, I said, yeah, you know what? That's why his um, Pike and Shaw era type stuff is so amazing. Because that's probably the era that he loves the most, you know, because um, everyone's got something like that. Yeah. Right? Everyone's got that one historical era that they, even if they're not historical gamers, they, they would say to themselves, I would play that, no questions asked. You know? <laughs> and and I, know, I know a lot of guys say it's Rome, you know, they, they say, oh, I would play Roman legions. Um, but you come talk to me when you painted 300 Roman legionnaires. And put on three hundred, you know, shield decals. You know, <laughs> then we'll talk about you playing Rome. But yeah, yeah. So those, those kind of those companies are the ones I would go to. 
And then there's tons of companies out there that make like, you know, the odds and sums, right? Um, you know, so you want the odd kind of like, you know, maybe you want a Portuguese commander, you know, 1809 or something, right? Well, there's a company out there that does it. Um, you know, but and flags, like, you know, flag standards, banners, whatever you want to call them, um, colors. Flags of War is the go-to. Flags, flags, flags of War. Dot com. Yeah, Flags yep. of War uk or something i, I can't remember um, we'll, uh, we'll get that they, link for everybody yeah yeah they've got it all like every era like it's and you know their their stuff is phenomenal um it, I, I, I can't even explain it it's just it just basically put it through a printer and it just comes out fantastic um i've used it on numerous flags um all my 30 years war stuff from pipe and shot is there there's their um it was purchased from them. They're they're phenomenal. Um, nice. Many of the guys I know, yeah, use their use their stuff for, for flags and banners. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I didn't even know about them. I'll have to check them out too. Oh, uh, they're phenomenal. So that'll be that's a good little resource right there. Yep. <laughs> so very nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny because like. Within the last few months, I've had a, quite a few people talk to me about Pike and Shot. Oh, uh, really? And, and, like, and like random guys. Like I, I was over at Industrial Park Games the one night, and right. uh, I was just hanging out with Jason over there, and, and somebody was talking to uh, one of the guys up front about uh, uh, bolt action and Pike and Shot and this and that. And, then, and of course, my radar ear just started. Totally, yeah. So I went over yeah. there and, and yeah, the guy was like, he's never played out a store. He's interested in these games. And, and I told him, Hey, like oh, there's, I, there's a site you can go to it, check things yeah. out, you know? Um, and then I, you know, like Jason, he has mentioned it before too. Um, and then a couple other guys have, have just kind of in passing, I've heard it come up and I'm like, Hmm, okay, well, we're going to have to take a look at it in the new year. So. Um, oh wow you just got me super excited now <laughs> that is oh man pike and shot is one of those uh yeah so, so pike and shot you know i just i don't mean to cut you off here i'm just oh, gonna no, go on go a ahead. little bit but, so yeah so for anyone that's not familiar pike and shot um you know by warlord covers off a kind of the series of like the the puffy pants and the the introduction, you know, pikes and muskets and pike blocks, if you will. Um, you know, some famous names out of there, like Father Tilly and Gustavus Adolphus, you know, the god, he's kind of the grandfather of, well, what a lot of would consider like the modern war. Um, you know, so, and this is, you know, this is pre, pre-black powder. Um, and some of the, you know, the English Civil War is brutal. It's brutal. It, it was awful, hmm. awful, awful um, event in history, um, you know, for the cousins across the pond, um, you know, and, and some of it still felt today, um, you know, de- depending on where you are, or, you know, who, who you know, you know, they, they do take it quite seriously and, and, and rightly so. I mean, it was a, it was an event that shaped their, their country's, you know, history, their, you know, everything from politics to monarchy to religion. Um, yeah. You know, and at the same time that's going on, you know, 
again, still covered in pike and shot, you have this, you know, they have this massive, massive war, the 30 years war, um, the deadliest war essentially that Europe's ever seen. Um, you know, I, I can't even remember the number I read one time, but it was, it was in the millions died from plague and starvation. And that, you know, that's civilians, like never mind the soldiers that, died. um, you know, nobody was a good guy. Um, <laughs> everybody, every, every empire at that time was out for themselves. Alliances were made, alliances were broken. Um, it was dirty, you know, um, re religion, you know, religious reforms were rampant. Um, you know, you had generals, you know, commanding whole armies and, you know, converting, you know, yeah. um, and taking their army with them. Yeah. Um, wild, just a wild, crazy time in Europe, you know? Um, and in there, you know, there, there's other things going on, you know, the, you know, some of the, the Ottoman empires in there, you know, the remnants of the wars of religion have still affected a lot of countries. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, you, you're, you're looking at, you know, in loose terms, you know, you have a, a Protestant side and a Catholic side, but then you have, you know, you have Catholic France who, who didn't side with the Catholics. Um, it's just bizarre, right? What, what a bizarre time. Um, it's a and different the, the warfare. It's a totally different, er, different, uh, quite a different era that you don't really see too, too much of on like the tabletop. Um, uh, the whole historical, 100%. whole historical part of it nowadays, like, because let's be let's be honest with myself, I've only really been into the tabletop historical part of the games last six years, right? Right. I've heard about Warlord Games like ten years prior. Uh, it was just a gen right. a gentleman that I knew who was into historicals and skirmish games, and he he kept you know, name dropping Warlord Games, Warlord Games, Warlord Games. And I was so stuck on, you know, the, the, the Games Workshop train, uh, that that, that was it. Um, yeah. and then all of a sudden somebody brought it into the store the one day and I was like, like Scooby-Doo, what, what is this? You know, like the eyes yeah. just went, oh, I get it. the pupils dilated, yeah. you know, like, and, um, but yeah, like even that, that era, going back to that era kind of thing, there's, there's a lot in there that people would, um, probably, you know, some people would probably find really, really interesting just on the history part of it. And, and then of course, bringing it to the tabletop to have fun with, um, and reenacting right. that kind of stuff. So, and it has a very, very interesting look to the, to the units and the armies and the generals and the, you know, just even the, yeah. co the common soldier, um, so I can see the interest in there, um, even in, especially even in like in a painting side of things, you know, if you, if you, you're, you love to do that painting, there's a lot of different colors to use and, and also the 100%. miniatures very much yes. like the first time you picked up an empire, you know, handgunner, <laughs> exactly. the, the musket. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So, and yeah. And you got to see those puffy pants and you, that beautiful mustache. You, you painted his yeah. pantaloons, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I painted one side red, one side yellow, and then I was hooked. Yep. Right. So and it's yep, and, it, and like I I played the Empire as well back in the day, and right. uh, uh, talking with that same gentleman who introduced me the first time to to Warlord Games, uh, I remember him talking to me about how I was painting my army, and I was telling him that I was painting him in the in the colors of the Portuguese, 
with the white, white and blue and whatnot. Right. Right. right, right. And, uh, you know, so going back now, thinking about that now and back to what you said earlier about, you know, look at your, your background and history and stuff too. And it kind of all fits in, you know, like now, now that I have way more knowledge and accessibility to a lot of these other miniatures and I've, I've opened up the floodgates to essentially other systems and other games, you know, there's a bit, there's quite a big possibility that I can do that now. Right. And actually have it there and play with it and, and enjoy it for what it's, what it is. Right. So. Um, right. And, and that, that's just it. And, and, and the beautiful thing, you know, about it, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just got to nope. make this point real quick is that, you know, you, you said it, you're, you know, you kind of hinted at it, right. Is that, you know, you love it. Someone else is going to love it. Yeah. Right. Like it's not like that. That's the way war gaming goes. Um, and it's just finding that group, right. Of guys that, you know, have the same interest as you. And then they say, Hey, you know what? And so, you know, you talked about, you know, run into guys who brought up Pike and shot and, you know, this poor guy thinks he's probably alone, you know, in, in all of Edmonton surrounding area, right? What are we at? Like 1.5 million people or something now, yeah. you know, and he thinks, he thinks he's the only guy that likes Pike and shot. Right. So, you know, and all it takes, you know, is for him to, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but you know, he could shoot someone an email and, you know, through, friend of a friend of a friend he can you know get in touch with me and i'll meet up with the guy and run him a demo i'll show him what it's all about oh, i don't mind yeah i've i've you know named, so i've i've dropped your uh i dropped your name for sure and oh, did you? Okay, yeah right i was on. like yeah, i was like cool. check check it out like get get a hold of yeah. some guys let me know you know yeah totally get yeah it's awesome so, awesome yeah but, okay great so um the one thing with the game is, is uh, I like to maybe talk a little bit about just some of the mechanics, like some of the, the simpler, sure. you know, mechanics of the game. What makes it different for uh, some of the games that you've played in the past and whatnot? And then, of course, I can relate as you're you're talking about it too. Yeah. Um, like that's that's I guess that's one thing with a lot of games is what really makes it difference in kind of the uh, mechanics of the game that, you know, intrigued you and whatnot to continue playing the game and, and, you know, getting involved with it. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think one thing I've always really liked, um, you know, if you're not talking a skirmish game, like, and, and when I say skirmish, I mean, you know, six, six to 10 models kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then anything, you know, bolt action, um, kind of an up, like that model count, I firmly believe there needs to be some form of order system. And so, you know, I I, I, uh, I play a lot of Saga. I'm not going to lie. I have a lot of armies for Saga. Um, I am a, you know, even before maybe Napoleonics, I am a Dark Ages junkie. Um, my <laughs> wife would probably say that I've got issues. Um you know, I, I make my own shields. I've made spears. Um, That's right. You know, I own a I own a helmet. Um, you know, just a ridiculous amount of clothing for that era. I don't even know why I buy it. Um, you know, and the first time I wore it all was last it. Halloween. So it's because yeah, because I, I love it, right? I love it exactly. Um, so, but I I think you know mecha- anything that has a platoon. Kind of, you know, that 30 model count or greater, and, you know, 
arguably I would even go as soon as you're past like, you know, 15 models, you kind of got to have some form of like order system. Um, you know, you know, commanding and yelling at six guys, um, or, you know, six professional guys know what they're doing. And you know, it's pretty easy, um, to manage, uh, you know, real life. And so they kind of translate easy to a table. Yeah. Um, a tabletop game but you know when you start to get into like 30 guys you know well now someone's got to be leading someone's got to come in someone's got to give directions you know whether it's to all 30 or to you know groups of 10 um and so you know black powder um so so obviously bolt action those that play bolt action they know the order system right 2d6 and roll below your rating um so black powder is very very similar um kind of way they go about things so you're you're given orders by your brigade commander. So a brigade being, you know, a commander, and he might have, say, two two to four units-ish in his brigade. Um, so he can give the orders individually to each unit, um, but if he fails, he, he's not allowed to issue orders for the remainder of the turn. Um, but he can also give brigade orders. Um, and essentially the way it works is, say his command rating is eight, um, or staff rating is eight, Um you can have your units kind of do one, two, or three moves um, or, or combos thereof. So you could say, you know, I want these guys to reform into attack columns. So that might be a move. Then I want them to advance to this tree line, and that might be a move. So now you're looking at two moves. Um, so you're going to roll 2d6 and roll below your command. For every one every number kind of below your command is how many orders they execute based on what you previously said so if you're equal to it's one order if it's one less you know so in this case a seven it they would do one order if it's a six it's two orders if it's a five or less they do three orders so you've issued them two orders say reform into attack column and then advance to a tree line and you know let's say you roll a seven well you've only succeeded in giving them one successful order. So all that unit's going to do is reform. Okay. Um, and so that, what I really like about that is you have to plan your orders carefully. Um, now there's, there's plenty of units, you know, units, army lists, they give bonuses depending on what formation you're in. You know, the French have some special rules where they command better depending on their formation. Um, you know, so that kind of offsets like this, the command rating um, or st sorry, staff rating. Um, you know, it can fluctuate, you know, if you're Austrians, um, you know, historically they weren't, you know, um, the greatest of armies, uh, although large, they were a large army. Um, so, you know, you get bigger units, they're just harder to command because um, their staff ratings aren't as high as say other armies are. So you have to take more time moving them slower with these huge units, um, you know, because they're kind of a lumbering tank, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so that's kind of the command system. And then there are modifiers in there, you know, based on, you know, distance you are away from your units um, with your commanders. Uh, there are some reroll chances. Um, formations, that you know, depending on what formation your units are in, that makes a difference. However, not complicated. That is one thing I will say. It is um, the entirety of black powder can be summarized on one sheet, which is mind-blowing to me. Um, and then, you know, you can print off an army sheet 
and write the majority of your army rules right on your army sheet. So, you know, two between two pieces of paper, um, you're kind of good to go. Um, the one thing I will say about black powder, which is doesn't happen in Pike and Shot, and it doesn't happen in Hail Caesar, um, but in black powder, the game was trialed and demoed, I do believe, at the Perry's house. Um, and right. so infantry, for whatever reason, in the rule book, moved 12 inches. So, you know, if, if you're a regular human and, you know, you're not, you're not the Perry brothers who have this, you know, huge play area, um, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you know, your regular person, you know, you're a big table is six by four. Yeah. So what, what I play is I just half everything. So if it says 12 inches in the game, it's six, you know, if muskets shoot 18, they shoot now. Um, and you can even get a little cheat sheet on you just Google black powder half range or something. And someone's made a cheat sheet. Um, but so that's kind of like the command system, okay. um, shooting straight forward. Yep. Um, shooting straight forward. You just need four better. There are some modifiers after that you get a, you know, an armor save, you know, air quote. Um, but it's really a morale save. Um, you just gotta, you know, if your morale is, you know, four plus, you just gotta roll far or higher. Um, and then, you know, there's depending on how many hits you take. You know, you start building up damage. Um, the one thing in Black Powder, Hail Caesar, Pike and Shot, is you don't remove any casualties. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you saw the, the demo. You just kind of put chits or tokens down behind your demos. Um, and then at a, they have a threshold, um, like which is known as stamina. And then, you know, most units, is, I believe it's three. Some of them are four. You know, really tough units are five. Um, and that's, you know, once they breach that or go above that stamina, then they start making morale check or, um, break checks. Route check, yeah. And then, and, and, and those, those can vary, you know, you can be forced to move back. You can do something absolutely ridiculous that you don't want to do, or you, you just simply run off the board. The one thing that's nice is that when the unit's gone, the whole unit's gone. Yep. You just pick them up and take them off the table. Um, and so... You know, I, I've seen plenty of arguments online that say, well, that's unrealistic. What happens to all these guys? Um, well, they just simply scatter, you know, or they're taken prisoner or, you know, or, or, or they die. Like, um, you know, they're just, they just shot in the back. Um, yeah. You know, they, it's, they just it's a, scattered. It's a whole different, it's a, it's a different mechanic of wargaming, uh, but, exactly. it, but it keeps it, it keeps it simple and it keeps it clean as well. Cause I mean, yes, you're, you're yes. like you said, you, you got a block of 24 miniatures, you know, and, and you have what, yes. how many, how many units in your formation and whatnot yeah, across 12, the board? 12, uh, you know, 12 on the table. Like, and I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Start, anybody who's played rank and file, who's used to pulling off one miniature for one wound, you know what that's like. Uh, and, and that's fine too, but yeah, the yeah. system is, is very much, it flows really yeah. good. Right? It does. And, uh, it does. It has a very nice flow. Yeah, and it's it's um, enjoyable, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's super fun. And and you know the, the one thing I will you know and people have asked, and this is the one question I get asked all the time: How long does it take you to play a game? You know, because people think, okay, I got you know I got twelve units on, you know, I I painted you know two hundred and fifty infantry, and you know, just I shouldn't even say that because people are probably listening to this and they're like. Well, I'm not playing now. You just said 250 infantry. I'll never play. Um, but 
you know, you, you know, you've got 200 models on the table and, you know, most people think it's going to take six hours to play a game. So I think I can, I can average now. Sorry, just give me a sec. Here. Yeah. I can average now about, um, about two, two to three hours a game. Um, which is really good actually. So, yeah. So kind of like, you know, usually ahead of time, I'll come up with, you know, just a really quick like scenario, like we're going to take the crossroads or, you know, here's, you know, two, you know, here's three houses on this side and, you know, and there's a hill on this side, you know, just something kind of to keep the game moving forward. Right. Um, you know, you kind of, you deploy your forces, you know, it takes about 10 minutes, you know, and then, you know, there's the standard, you know, trash talk. That's about 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> where you, you know, you make fun of the other guy's stuff, you know, whether he's like, Oh, look, I see you brought all your French, you know, or, you know, he makes fun of my British, you know, cause they're missing teeth or something, but I didn't paint it on them or, you know, just something ridiculous. Right. And so, um, and then, you know, after that, you know, most of the games, you know, they're, they're just six turns. Um, yeah. you know, it's an, it's an, I go, you go system. Um, albeit there are some things you could do like closing fire and you can reform depending on your charges and stuff. So there, you know, there's mitigating. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, once you get the rules down, it takes about two to three hours to play a decent sized game. Um, with very little hiccups, you know, maybe the odd time you're looking up a rule because you're like, Hey, what a weird situation we've been in. Yeah. Um, naturally happens, but, right? Oh yeah. It happens in, in every game, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a like like you said, it's very smooth. Um, and it flows. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I find bolt action is one of those games that flows. Um, you know, mostly because of the random activation. And, you know, I love that. Um, I, I, I think it just adds to the chaos of the situation. Um, but again, it, it, it's not, um, it doesn't disrupt gameplay. It's just, you know, you pull a die out of the bag and then the guy says, I'm doing this, right? Like you already know what you need to do, yeah. you know? Um, and so maybe it changes every once in a while. Um, but in Black Powder, you know, you... You've, you're kind of planning, you know, turn three and turn one, you know? Um, and so, you know, your turns one and two is just you getting up to turn three. And then hopefully everything works out. You haven't been decimated by cannon fire or, you know, randomly charged in the flank by cavalry for some weird reason. On the first, um, on the first turn. You know, <clears throat> on, the, on, on, turn, on turn one, because, you know, someone said charge and it just happened. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just so, um, you know, so little things like that, right? Um, yeah. they, it makes a huge difference. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, it all flows. Um, and, and it's the same whether you're, you know, pike and shot's the same, same with healthy. Um, yeah, but, but specifically Black Fire, you know, I know. I, I would agree it's intimidating when you look at it on the table, but once that's painted, man, and yeah, and you played a few games, you're just you're laughing. So that's that's you know? what I that's what I gotta say though is you know you, you mentioned earlier about maybe people have kind of shied away from from it because you have so many miniatures on the board or you know uh, to 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 get and to paint up and to to deploy, but honestly, when you see it on the board, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's a crazy sight seeing that much on the board and lined up in columns and, and, 
you know, or, or rank and file or whatever, you know, the game system you're playing is seeing all the colors, the, the uniform, and then just having units marching up and engaging and then to top it off, because we know we like to put a, a little bit of a sprinkle on things is you get yourself some of that cotton and uh, right. you lay it in front of your, your muskets and whatnot when they oh, fire. And it just, it just, it just, mm, you know, done. Yeah. Right. It makes it, yeah. it makes it so much I've better. I've even seen the guys with like the LED lights, you know, they put the little yeah. flashing LED lights with the cotton on top. The, the ripple fire. And yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. And it just like, I just, man, I don't know what that, I don't know what it is. It just, that just, that, it's just the top. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it, it's top drawer gaming when you're, when you're doing stuff like that, these, you know, these huge massive armies, and then, you know, the unit fires, so you put cotton in front of them, not only to signify, you know, that, you know, and, and I mean, it, it's a great way of saying, Hey, I already fired with this unit, right? Yeah. The cotton's right there, Yeah, you know? And then at the beginning of the turn, you know, you just pull all the cotton off. Um, it, it looks fantastic. Right. Um, yeah, I couldn't even, yeah, that's, that's become a thing for us now. Even yeah, the cotton. Cause I oh, know, I know okay. when, I know when I've, you know, first looking at it and whatnot, and I had, uh, I had picked up the rule book um, before even uh, meeting you and, and getting a demo in right. there and whatnot, and just flipping through the rule book and of course their where they have their dioramas and stuff and, and their units set up and they're fighting, you know, through this little village and it, it just blew my mind. I'm like, I want that. I, I want to see that. Like I want to play that. You know. Um, I've always yeah. been like that. I've been a, a, a miniature junkie myself, figure junkie for eons, <laughs> of course. Right. But to me, one thing that's really like punched it too is the visual visualization of the battle. Um, especially when you do set up your battlefields, you know, you're fighting on those rolling hills and there's, you know, a, a patch of green trees and whatnot on the corner. And there's a little cottage that's sitting kind of there with the, the farmer fields and stuff like that whole thing yeah. with these games uh, really amplifies uh, the game itself as well, right? They might not have a lot of stuff that affects you in game, um, but just having that battlefield, like I've, I had uh, um, one of my friends the other day. He came to drop something off, and the guys were playing bolt action, and he was just, he's just blown away the scenery compared to some of the sci-fi games totally. out there, right? So, yeah, you know. And, um, yeah, that's the, pretty neat. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, and, and I'll, I'll give you all the props in the world. Cause that, that bocage table you had at the tournament, <laughs> um, I was playing stuff and then I didn't even care that I was playing to be honest. Um, you know, I'm playing against, you know, stuff and stuff was beautifully painted. The table's beautiful. Like I didn't even care what happened. I was like this cause it, it, it felt, um, you, you feel, you know, with certain aesthetics, right? Especially yeah. something like that. Um, I, I don't want to use the term godlike, but you feel like you're above the field, right? Like you feel like you're watching it happen. Yeah. Um, so when things are painted nicely and you have this beautiful scenery and the aesthetic of it all um, really hits home. And so, and I see that, you know, whether it's bolt action or, or black powder or, well, you know, majority of the historical historicals. Yeah. It, it, yeah, is it, is where you feel it, you know. Um, there's the odd time 
you know, depending on the game, um, you know, whether it's sci-fi or fantasy, where I'm like, okay, yeah, it's very cool aesthetic, right? But, you know, it's almost always historical that, that hits home. And, you know, obviously because it's more relatable, I mean, all of this stuff is human-based, we're human, um, you know, so it's definitely more relatable. Um, you know, I, I don't know, like maybe if I was a space marine, I'd be way more into 40K. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, well, you, you have the mainstream you know, but, stuff, which majority of players are into, right? And then, right, exactly. And and it's funny because I found that um, a lot of these guys who are into uh, the mainstream stuff or or you know the sci-fi stuff, they always have a hint of knowing a little bit of history or historicals, and sometimes they'll actually try to bring that into mainly their Imperial Guard or Astromilitary Tell oh, yeah. armies. You'll, you'll start yeah. to you'll start to see that transition into that into a futuristic yeah. version of it. Yeah. But then later on oh, in the years, yeah. later on in the years, when they find out that there's historicals that are actually quite accessible, you know, then there's a shift, right? Um, you know, I, right. I, I know a lot of guys who who they jumped into the historicals and they got completely out of um, you know that universe or that system. Yeah. Right, because they enjoy it. Hundred percent. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, um, it, you're, you know, you, you, you couldn't be more right. Um, kind of one of the jokes I always make is, um, am I old enough for historical? <laughs> you know, so, you know, because you know, when I was younger, you know, when I was like fifteen, like I said, when I was like fourteen, fifteen, I'm watching the Sheriff series. You know, like that, that nothing was available. You know, it was air fix models and yeah. one to seventy two scale happy plastic and you know and and you know, i won't lie i did i bought some of that stuff so tried to paint it i was terrible um so i stuck with my sci-fi stuff because it was available right um, yeah me too you know at the end of the day um i had one sci-fi game um you know uh sitting on my shelf it's the only you know non-historical game uh i oh that's not true i, I own two non-historical games Okay. One, you know, one I'm not going to talk about right now because it's kind of a new adventure. Um, you know, but but the one other sci-fi game that sits on my shelf is, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people are into. Um, for the re, you know, for the simple fact, it's a, you know, it's a, a military space. You know, um, Jay Falcons. Um, so, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's, um, Some you know, battle but tech. like the other game. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of games I walked away from, right? Yeah. Like, just straight up. Um, yeah. Because, you know, historic is more relatable. I like the aesthetic. All can be. And, you know, for a lot, a lot of it, I don't, I, I don't care to learn about um, something that's not real um, when I have, you know, all, all this history at my fingertip, um, that, that I, I actually want to learn about, you know, and that's just me personally. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying everyone has to be like that, but, but that's why I would say like, am I, am I old enough for this? Like, have I, have I gotten to the point where, and I'm not, it's not a maturity level thing. It's just, am I ready to say, I'm done playing these games. I'm going to jump into historicals because I, you know, I want to be a bushy eyebrow professor while I'm rolling dice. You know what I mean? So, um, and that, you know, that's what it boils down to. And I, I can't believe, you know, I, I can't 
count how many times I've played games, you know, depending on who it's with. Um, when it's historical that, you know, half the half the time we're gaming, it turns into a history lesson. You know, like you know, you're sitting across from the guy and he'll, you know, and you'll ask him like, why did you paint your stuff like that? Like, why is that unit specifically done like this? Yeah. Um, you know, and then they go on some rant about like, oh, and you know, eight eighteen eleven, this uniform was issued to then. You're like, oh crap, I didn't know that. You know, so you, you know, you learn as you go, right? Yeah. Um, where I lost interest in the sci-fi fantasy type learning like i just i just don't care you know i, I don't care about elves you know <laughs> i don't kill them all i don't care you know what i mean so um yeah it's yeah we, so it's just one of those things it, it, and we we all know what we like right so and, and that's fair exactly. and, and you know what i've i've actually come across that too where uh you know you're you're especially in the historical part of of gaming you 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 come across people who have actually you know, check some things out. They have reasons why they did this or reasons why they're playing this specific army because their grandfather was part of it kind of thing. Or, you know, y- you get those stories and you get those, um, just explain, not explanations, but stories essentially of, of, you know, what's going on, like what, what has kept their interest in this or why they went that route or, you know, that kind of thing. And it, it's great because you get to share all that with, with the guy you're playing, you know, with like, and I tend to call guys battle buddies, right? Cause they're, we're literally yeah. just your, your buddies playing this, this game and having fun and you're not, That's worried, right. not worrying about the outcome. You just want to chuck some dice and, and, you know, just have a good time. Right. Which tends to happen then, you know, Wednesday nights, it's like three hours or so you're doing that for. And sometimes head over to a buddy's place and I'm there for eight hours doing it, you know? So having supper with them and, and hanging out and having yep. their, having their kid get involved and, you know, checking out the game and, you know, yep. stuff like yep. that too, right? So, um, true. so in, in saying that, like overall with everything, you know, what, what would you say is like probably your most favorite part of the game? Favorite part of like the hobby aspect? Any, like, anything uh, like the historical game? Oh man! You know, uh, uh, it would it would definitely be um, gaming with buddies. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm not a I'm not a rule book guy. You know, like the the rule book is there to you know provide you that well rules. That's what it does, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and, and I love building the armies, I love painting, but at the end of the day, getting together with people, uh, playing a game, you know, have a couple drinks, eating chips, um, you know, laughing at each other's dice rolls, you know, complimenting each other on, like, you know, great paint jobs. Um, you know, if you do, like, a slow grow, uh, you know, like, slow grow leagues and stuff, I love it. Because um, you get to see the progress of other guys. Yep. You know, you get to show them your progress. Uh, so, you know, that kind of, um, I, I won't use the term community because um, that, you know, that would signify like we have like hundreds of guys doing this. But, you know, the, the group, so to speak, um, and, and the group think um, and, and the bringing together of different ideas, um, all, all for kind of, you know, one game system is super cool. Um, hanging out with buddies is probably the best, best, best part of it. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. So, well, cool. Well, 
Thanks for for joining us on on the podcast. Oh, no, thank sharing, you. Sharing it. Uh, I mean, we'll definitely get things rolling and and uh, maybe do a, a little bit of uh, extra content on on the game, the historicals as well. Um, like you sure. said, you play a lot of different ones, as, so I'm sure I'll be introduced into many more games yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, you know, as, so, as they say, the first one's free, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I've been he- I've been hearing that comment late uh, quite often lately. So, um, but yeah, uh, thanks again for for jumping on. Hey, thanks for having um, me. I appreciate oh, it. It's it's, it's a, a, yeah, I had a great time. It's a pleasure. Uh, thank you guys for joining in on this uh, episode as well. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, gave you some some good intel and information on historicals and uh, the different stuff that's out there and, and what's provided for you and, and opening maybe, you know, the mind on what other games and fun games are out there to play with your buddies. So um, if you guys do like the uh, the episode and whatnot, you know, hit the subscribe button, all that stuff. Give us a follow, give us a like, add any comments. If you got stuff to add in, we love hearing that stuff. You know, we'll respond to you quite quickly and, and, uh, definitely spark up some conversations if you guys got pictures send us our way as well we love seeing that stuff check out our instagram um we'll have to uh, mike we'll have to set up something again here shortly uh maybe even try to get some uh maybe even like once a month or something at least sure. right this way this way i'm forced to uh start working on those blue boxes <laughs> uh in the back of my screen here <laughs> but um but yeah, thanks again. And Thank you. hope you guys enjoyed it. And you know, uh, let us know. And don't forget to build it, paint it, play it. And we'll see you guys on the battlefield. Ciao. Did you plug the Patreon? We need to plug the Patreon.